What if through compassionate mindfulness and omnipresent awareness, you became instrumental in creating lasting impact? What if you surrounded yourself with people who had the same mission as you did? Welcome to Mindful Mompreneur Moments, the podcast that will provide the midlife mompreneur with a combination of mindset, mindfulness, and meditation tools. Each month, we delve into a specific theme that will allow you to take actionable steps that may just spark a little fire and get you pumped for whatever comes next. I'm Shilpa, founder of Omni Mindfulness Coaching. And I'm Tanya, founder of Xenia Coaching. In this space, we will share impactful interviews that tell compelling stories, relevant insights, and guided meditations. The stories we share through the lens of mindful entrepreneurs will resonate with you and give you an opportunity to be inspired. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in. On today's conversation, we speak to Lisa Harris and Anahita Champion. Lisa and Anahita are a dynamic duo, and together they offer authentic stories of underrepresented women in their podcast, Life in Our Skin. This powerfully raw podcast offers candid conversations between women who find themselves between white and black communities. Their podcast mindfully illuminates topics including identity, culture, race, and relationships. By creating mindful awareness on these topics, they are serving as champions for creating connections. Their connection with each other is a magical combination of diversity, rich cultural history, and authentic life experiences that illustrates that all of us have more similarities than differences. In our podcast conversation with them, we felt like we were having a conversation with two old friends reflecting on our personal and sometimes amusing stories of being raised within multicultures and navigating our way into adulthood. It was such a pleasure connecting with these amazing women who brought us a beautiful example of what living in an ever-growing multicultural world means. Here are Lisa and Anahita. Again, Anahita and Lisa, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, ladies, for being here. We are so excited. It's so good to be here. Thank you for having us. Yes piggyback on all of that. This is so much brown goodness. I can't even handle it. <laughs> I love it. Just to jump right in, um, could you both share your journey on how you came about creating life in our skin? I'm just so fond of your podcast. Oh, you're going to pass the mic to me, huh? Anita? That's right. Go ahead. Oh, sister. goodness. You know, it began years ago, maybe very similar to you guys with just conversations. Anahita and I have known each other since 2016, and we've had these conversations just between the two of us that we really felt very common themes in our experiences 
being, um, you know, ethnic women of color growing up in predominantly white communities here in the Midwest. And there were frustrations that we were dealing with that conversations weren't happening in our community or with some of our friend groups. And we just really leaned on each other. And that's kind of where the journey began. And we thought, gosh, it's time to really have these conversations out there in the open. And I think we had grown a lot and we're ready to be that vulnerable um, out there in the world. I don't know if you want to add on more to that, Anahita, but that's where it's initially started. <laughs> I'm having mute issues, all these things. Uh, that is where it started. Um, and we've always had added ideas because we're both in the creative world as well. So with Lisa's writing background and my media background, we're, you know, we've had things like, we need to have events. We need to have more conversations. We need to bring women together to feel seen and feel heard. It's like a campaign and all the things. So we threw out ideas for web series, events, you know, blog, podcasts, you, you name it, and we have ideated. So like Lisa said, that's where it started on girl chat calls, being moms, working, and then throwing ideas out there and seeing what we can run with. Yeah, and we really thought that the world needed a space for what Anahita and I have coined as the women in between, right? Um, we really felt like the world needed to hear a different perspective from the women that find themselves in between both the Black and the white community. And we've really resonated with a lot of different kinds of women that sit in that center point. So for us, it was really important to be able to give them a space to be heard, but also for the world to understand it is a different angle. It's a different perspective um, with the women in the middle. I can okay. certainly relate. And I can tell you that so many nuances of what you both share in your podcast is often like me screaming out and going, oh, I, I get that, I get that. Yeah, I, I, we can so relate in so many different levels because Shilpa and I also want to be able to empower other women. And of course, our cultural backgrounds make it that we want to help our communities as well. And particularly your podcast, like I can speak for myself with the um, last podcast episode, which is Check the Box. I have to say that episode triggered me. Like there were so many parts where I was like, okay like it triggered me in not such a good way at first because I, I felt myself tensing up to the idea that you would check the white box right and for me it was like a sign of people not wanting to identify as brown at all and as I was listening to it and I knew like there was obviously I always give people the benefit of the doubt and I always like it's always so empathetic. And as I was listening to it, I was like, wow, these women are so, they, they speak from their heart. And it was not at all about not wanting to identify as brown. It was about not being given a choice almost, you know? And it was just such an interesting perspective and such an interesting topic. I loved it. I, I have a, a niece who has Obviously, my brother, who's uh, black and her mom's white, she has blue eyes. You, you can't really tell what she is. 
as I'm not, no word of a lie, as I'm listening to this episode, I'm texting her. What do you check off? What box do you check off? My son is half Indian and half white. My son, he's so beautiful. When he was like really small, I would tell him, you know, daddy's white, mommy's Indian. And I I would tell him, which half of you is Indian? He'd go, left half. Yeah, so all that to say, your podcast is amazing and it brings out so many great conversations. So thank you for what you share to the world. Um, which leads us to our second question. Uh, your top podcast topics really resonate with us. How do you come up with the with the topics and how would you say they help your audience remain mindful about these topics? We well, there's there's the mic coming back at me. I, I say that it first started the podcast. Once we're like, let's hit record. We have lots of things to share. The first season was more dabbling in a lot of different genres, themes, topics that were already top of mind to us because like you, we were like, we need to record these calls. We talk about so many things in an hour, let alone a particular episode. And we wanted to make sure that the things that were on our mind were also being brought to the forefront because we noticed that they weren't really being spoken about. And they're not groundbreaking conversations. I mean, things like food, dolls, the dolls we play with, um, how we communicate to our motherland, you know, the different levels of education that people have experienced, um, interracial dating, do you identify as a woman of color? So we wanted to touch on multiple different topics, knowing that she and I have so much more to say. There was more that we wanted to bring in to the next round, next season, and next year with guests. So we're about to embark on our first guest episode here shortly. Um, But yeah, it was just, we wanted to start with the things that were already top of mind. And of course, there's so many different walks of life. There are so many different experiences. There are so many different variations of stories that can touch on food, music, movies, what emoji do you use? I mean, they seem silly, but also some are very, you know, triggering, as you said, Tanya, but we wanted to make sure we had those conversations. So I'll start with that. I'm sure Lisa has some things to add. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's, that's really it. I mean, it was the things that were heavy on our heart, the things that made us laugh when we were chatting with each other, but yeah, the check your box episode was a conversation we'd had with other women of color and it just really exploded into this really big conversation about what is it specifically do you identify as, and is that the right quote unquote label for you. Um, And that conversation just continues to kind of explode within the women that we know who are in the middle. And and that's just been a great conversation. And then again, like Anahita said, what's unique about the women in the middle, and, and we coin it that way between the two of us, is there is a lot of immigration stories within that within that sector. So there's a lot of conversations that aren't really brought to light as it relates to like our one episode, communicating back home, having my mom communicate, how they would communicate, what that looked like to our family and just really how we saw the world. Um, And so I think that that's really unique about this collective of women. 
So yeah, it enables different lived experiences, and and the ultimate goal is to bring compassion and connection through these conversations. So if if there is a white sister out there that can't relate to this walk of life, but may know someone that knows someone or their ancestors, for for example, they can at least learn and connect um, and have compassion towards her um, sisters of color. And same for us women in the middle, we're learning from different experiences. You know, within the Asian community, there's so many sub-communities within biracial. I mean, what does that even make up? So there's so many different elements that we want to share these stories of. So to remain mindful for our audience and listeners is just to come with compassion and, you know, hopefully they can connect to something in some capacity. Yeah, it's such a it's such an interesting topic. And even for me being a black woman who is light skinned, I have brothers who are darker than me. I could almost like they used to call me like the the middle child, but because of my color, the color of my skin, not because, you know, they call me like white bird or like weird stuff. But within a community, you can have all kinds of different shades. So I kind of related uh, a lot to what you guys say in your podcast. It's really amazing. Yeah, interesting about the whole like shade of your skin. Um, This could be its own podcast, but just growing up like, oh, Chilpa's lighter. So this this kind of puts you like I don't know if you ever watch Bollywood, but somehow women are put on this pedestal of their lighter skin, but it becomes almost like this I don't know stigma. Like oh, I, I would perceive other darker women, I'd be like, but you're gorgeous. Why is this even a topic? In, yeah. in oh, is she marriage quality? Oh, let's look at her tone of her skin. Hey, it can get really deep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You just said marriage quality and that, um, that really resonates with certain cultures, even that, that, that word, um, some people wouldn't even resonate with that word at all. Oh, it's, it's the labels it's, and it is stay with you. There's so many looking at life from the lens of someone who lived, it was raised within a culture that had so many, um, labels, so many challenges on their own immigration, um, sending most of your paycheck to families in India so that you can survive. All of those things. It'd be nice if others that are listening, even if they can relate, they come in with curiosity. You know, it's funny that you, it's funny because we poke fun at the, the subject because it shouldn't be such a big deal, but it's not funny because it, 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 we internalize it so negatively sometimes. So my best friend is also from India. And she's an adoptee, also um, adopted into an Indian family here in Minnesota. And when we text each other back and forth, we're always throwing out different emojis. And I kid you not, very frequently we'll change our emojis, what they're wearing, what their you know shirt says, what her outfit is, has someone gained weight? We're obviously going to be critical of what the emoji looks like. But she will not hesitate to say, girl, you are not that dark skin. Girl, you are not that light skin. And so I'll say the same thing back. And it's an inside joke at this point, but it's not so much of a joke because we do think, well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a black woman, but I'm not fair skin. So what should my emoji look like? And then you get mad at Apple because they're not making enough emoji (laughs) shades. So it's, it's just like this whole thing. 
Yeah, it's crazy. And it's funny because my friend just told me that they came out with different colors now for kids where it's like the skin tones are, are very close to all kinds of shades, which is amazing. Anyways, it's, these are all podcast episodes in and of themselves. But uh, I, I think what you guys do as well. Sorry, Shippa. I think what you guys do as well with your podcast is you there's an ignorance that comes an ignorance not in a bad way it's just not like literally not knowing for many people and when you bring out topics like this it educates people you know it brings them into our culture oh my god Anahita I have that exact same cup but in a smaller version (laughs) sorry sorry I just had to I'm holding, a, I'm drinking out of a green M&M mug for those that yes, can't. for those who can't see. Understand where we're, we're doing. <laughs> I, can't this, I remember one time after I had just finished a yoga class and somebody sent me a little namaste and it was a darker skin one. I'm like, how insensitive am I? I didn't realize they had emojis <laughs> for darker skin. Yeah. Um, so a next question, and I really feel this one's like a broad one that can go in many directions, but how would you say your cultural background shaped you and perhaps even influenced your identity for both of you? Anahita is now passing the mic <laughs> to Lisa. Oh my goodness. I knew you were going to pass the mic to me on this <laughs> one. I don't know why this one was such a challenge for me to think through, ladies. Um, I'm still even trying to get my head around it as there's so many, it's hard to really pinpoint one aspect of how my culture has made an impact on my identity. Um, Maybe what I'd like to call out for me as being a multiracial woman has made a huge impact on how I see myself and where I fit in. And honestly, this is, is more of a positive spin because You know, I've had the opportunity to experience my household very Filipino. My mother's Filipino and my whole household was Filipino. And my father is white with Native American roots. So my grandmother was raised on the reservations. So I'm a very multiracial person, but it has really impacted me because I've been able to be a bridge um, to so many different communities because I understand the immigration story. I understand the native story. I understand being in a predominantly white community, what it's like to fully engage and be a part of that community, as well as having the opportunity to understand poverty. My family in the Philippines are very, very poor. And to understand what it's like to have the opportunity to have an education and what that world means. So I think for me, from a cultural impact, it's just, it's been really rich to be able to experience all those different pieces in my own lived experience. Oh my gosh, but I could literally go on forever about a lot of different things. So I feel blessed. Um, And especially today, it's taken some time to get there, certainly. Um, Growing up in a predominantly white community, I certainly had my moments of um, insecurities and, and, and not feeling like I fit in or I belong. But now today I really can, I feel like I'm very lucky to have experienced all of that. So for me, that's what I would have to say. And I'm gonna pass it to my beautiful co-host, Ms. Anahita. We're all co-hosting this whole thing, I love it. I will, um, 
I will always be so impressed by the conversations that Lisa and I share just within our own calls, whether we're recording an episode or not, because uh, we've learned so much about each other. And we've also heard a lot of the same things because we've talked about this a million times, but her unique approach is coming in with her, like she said, multiracial background. For me, I'm a first generation immigrant from Iran. I was born there. We moved here when I was two years old and I grew up in Minnesota and I've been, you know, now I'm a naturalized citizen, but for the longest time I was an alien. And I'm not saying the green one with pointy, you know, antennas coming out of your ear. <laughs> that was always the joke growing up. Uh, but I became a naturalized citizen through my parents' citizenship process. Um, I was 15 years old. So when Lisa and I were talking about the communication back home, I found some letters that my uncle, great, 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 my great uncle would mail us in the envelopes, the tan envelopes with the blue and the white and the red trim. And she was like, we have that same one. And then in that same bin with the envelope, I found our um, citizenship forms. And it was just like this whole take me back in time moment because I tried so hard growing up to fit in to the white affluent neighborhood and schools that I grew up going through. And I'm grateful for the opportunities, right? The American dream for my dad and my mom, you know, he came here in the seventies, got his PhD. They all went back. I was born, then we moved here. So the American dream was to come here and have more opportunities because at that point, the revolution had, you know, hit the fan in Iran. So opportunities were great, right? Safe neighborhood, access to this, this and that. But as I grew up being kind of caught between two worlds, there was a lot of confusion. I don't have a middle name. I, my last name now is Champion because it's a married last name. Um, but my maiden name is Arar, Anahita Arar. Like that is not an easy name to say. And I don't have a middle name. And people would always say, where are you from? But like, where are you from from? And I would get so embarrassed. And I'm like, well, uh, Wisconsin, you guys, that was a lie. I'm not from Wisconsin. I'm from Iran, lived in Minnesota. Like why would, I just wanted to seem normal. So I just made up stories. I made up a middle name. My name is Marie. And then I had this whole idea of when I turned 18, I was gonna change my name. So it just was like, I look back and I feel so sad for that little girl because she was not confident and she wanted so hard to blend in and be part of the crowd. And of course it took me into my thirties to realize why am I trying to blend in when I clearly stand out? I have very bold features. I have a loud personality. I'm very expressive. I do all of these things. There's no way I'll ever be able to blend in. Yet for the culture of just like the environment and the society that I immerse myself into, whether that's motherhood or events or work experiences, I still felt like I wasn't seen for me who I am but I didn't quite fit into that group of what we were seeing. For example, I'd go to fashion shows. I wouldn't see any Middle Eastern women out there, which the correct term is Southwest Asian. I would hardly see anybody that was not white. So it just, it, the culture for me has really been finding my people, meaning the, those that understand me and accept me for who I am. And then there's this whole walk of a personal journey of, reminding myself who I am, where I came from, what my values are, um, and just fitting in my own norm and not trying to blend in with other people. You know, I am my own unique self, so I could go on for hours. <laughs> 
Yeah, I love how you corrected yourself with the Middle East because I heard that episode where you're like, middle of where? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's a very European, old school dated thing, but you yeah. can listen to that episode for the, the background on it. Yeah, thank you for those answers. It's great. Absolutely. And you both weaved in so many um, details about the culture between Lisa and Anaid. I can hear other episodes coming out of this just on just like going to um, a school play and realizing that the colors everyone was wearing wouldn't suit my skin tone, but it wasn't a play made for an Indian girl being raised in a drama that's portraying white people. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. It made you feel kind of, you know, crummy a little bit. Yeah. And I love how you say that the confidence just kicks in after a while, especially nowadays, there's such pride in where you come from. It's becoming more and more, you know, like you're unique and yes, you should embrace that. So it's nice to, to hear that we come out of it eventually. And it's nice to know that our children have now little dolls that look that, like them and more episodes in the TV that look like them. And, you know, it's just, it's just a, a nice change of gears. <laughs> So how would you say you live life intentionally? And this is personally and your work life. Lisa, you always have some great things to share about your intentions. Let's hear from you. Oh, goodness. Why do I feel like I always have to go first? <laughs> you don't have to. I just got done going on and on. That's true. You, you just, we're doing popcorn, right? Like you just went. So, um, oh goodness. How would I say I live my life intentionally? You know, what's important to me is learning about other people and being curious and being myself. Um, and so I think the way that I do that is, is sharing myself so that others feel comfortable so they can share themselves and together we can be more authentic. Um, you know, as I share, people can learn about me. As I listen, I can learn about them. And I think for me, it's just getting closer and closer to my values and just leading with compassion. I, I don't know, the older I get, the more I just want to just wrap my arms around people these days. Um, I just, I want to be just me without any labels, without any expectations. And so the more that I understand what that is, the more that I can kind of open up my heart to other people that way. Um, you know, and I just, I try and practice the best I can with leading that way. It's not easy, but, um, one of the things that I do with my group of women in my narrative coaching business is I always say when I'm in space with women specifically, I look at them as if they're a little girl and I remember the little girl inside of them. And if I can look at that little girl, I know in my heart that there is somebody, at least one person in this world that loves her with all of their being that would not be happy on this earth without her. And if I look at her that way, it gives me the opportunity to open up to her and to really be compassionate. And that's the tool that I use to help me see women that way. 
so I don't know. You do know. Doesn't Lisa just want to make you cry and just go cuddle that five-year-old little girl? And that's a question, you know, we ask um, people that we talk to is let's talk about your little girl. Because if I look back to my young self, I was so fearless. I was so authentic and genuine before I even knew what those words mean, because you're five. And I look at my five-year-old and she's running around in her underwear, jamming out to whatever song is on the, the movie because I did the same thing when I was five, literally. Air guitar, underwear, now you have the whole picture. But the point is, it was just so me. And at some point in time, you get caught up with competition, false narratives, confusion, all these different ways of looking at things. And then you start um, throwing judgment either at yourself or at others. And as I continue to learn and unlearn like daily through all the different moments, I want to better understand my community, my peers, and also myself. I mean, I did some personal development coaching and now I'm in therapy, bless my therapist's soul, so that I can not only be a better version of myself, that's more true to the five-year-old me because that hasn't gone anywhere. It's just got buried under all this stuff. Uh, but also in a way so I can support my community. So for me, I really like to be a bridge to others um, on a personal standpoint, on a professional standpoint. You know, the multicultural lens aspect of it helps in a lot of ways. But then there's moments when I find myself, let's say, scrolling Instagram and I come across something and I lose focus and I start feeling like a judgment's going to come out of my mouth. A thought is crossing my head. I mean, we're all walking judgments. Let's just be real. But if there's a moment that I see something and I feel a sense of competition or something negative, it's easy for me to just throw shade. So I have to like, I started intentionally in the last year or two, like quick, find a compliment, quick comment for the sake of moving past this nasty moment in your head. Just put a comment that is complimentary on their post, cheer them on and move forward. So it helps obviously to like lead with kindness, but truth be told, I do a lot of it to internally check myself. So it's authentic and it's genuine, but it's also like, girl, you are still learning. You're embracing people, you're celebrating them. And then if you take it back to my core values, it is celebrating that diversity. It's having fun and it's, an, and it's just embracing my community as a whole. And that takes work, but that's how I hopefully show up intentionally. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. It, it brings me back to when I was listening to your podcast and just you're saying checking yourself, you know, because sometimes you hear stuff and you know that the people that are talking are beautiful people who mean well, but yet I was still triggered at times. And I was like, why are you being, I had to check myself. Why are you being triggered about this? Like, like what, what about this conversation is triggering you? And then I kept just reminding myself, this is a beautiful conversation that needs to be had because people need to hear it. And then, you know, you, you get more context and then you're, you're back to like, okay, yes. Like you have to check yourself. It just, sorry, Shilpa, I know you, your mouth was about to move and you were about to say something. <laughs> well, I, like, I, I, I was almost like the exact words, like when you were both done articulating about intention I felt like that is so beautiful and again I can relate to so many aspects even just coming you know what you're expressing about judgment and it's come like you know 
it's taken my entire lifetime to understand well was i judging was i uh, now i'm aware that that emotion was a judgment and where did that lens come from was it because my mother would have judged something because of the cultural background or was it because of the days when i worked in corporate and i would have had to be really competitive it, it comes from somewhere oh there's that word corporate oh gosh girl <laughs> that's very triggering to both of us it's just like i get physical <laughs> goosebumps when i say that word yeah we're all it's a whole different episode and, yeah <laughs> okay so i i could talk for hours with both of you i really love both of you um could you share what insights you would provide to women we're trying to find their voice in an ever-growing multicultural world and i know that that little girl out there needs to hear that also oh goodness yes you know be you right um do the work i think it's so important nowadays to just do the work you know we have to unravel everything like anahita said everything we've learned um, there's so much that we need to unravel, rewind, and go back and find out who we are. So to use our voice is important, but we need to know who we are and we need to love who we are as we're using our voice. I mean, one of the things that I talk a lot, a lot about in the work that I do is, yes, it's important to share like we're doing today to use our voice um, to educate, to help other people understand, but it is our lived experience and our stories. And we don't have to just give it away for others to heal and grow from, for others to understand, like it belongs to us. So in the process, it's important for us to heal and grow from our own lived experiences before we give them away. It's a gift. What I share with you today, what any of us share with each other is a gift. So be careful what you share. Use your voice when you need to, but don't just give it away. If it's something that you still need to work through or you don't quite understand for yourself, it's okay to hold it back. But once you know who you are and you know your values, be you. Because women like us are here to lean in on, to support so that your voice is heard and um, you have to find your people, but be brave. No, Bravery no. is beautiful. Bravery is beautiful. Lisa, I recently heard that you, it was somebody's theory that you can't share something that you haven't healed from. And I, I thought there was some seed of truth there because it sometimes it's more painful and you, you're, it's too raw. Yeah, and it's the first time actually hearing it. And I thought I was just about to comment on that as well. It's such a beautiful just notion to if, if you're not ready, don't share it. You And internal work, as we all know, is extremely important. So that just makes so much sense. If you're not ready, you haven't healed from it yet. You haven't, you know, don't share it yet. But when you do share it, it's going to be powerful because you, have, you walk through it. That's just it that that hit me really really hard right there when you share it because on the other on the other perspective of it i mean when are you ever really ready some people will heal or, or heal their whole lives on something and that just kind of goes back to every experience every walk is so vastly different 
So we just can't, can't be judgmental in a negative way. I mean, if you're, if you're inspired by somebody, let them know. If you're encouraged by somebody, let them know. If you have a disagreement, like have a conversation, an actual verbal conversation, no texting, no DMing, no emails. I mean, people need to hear each other's voices, your tones. It humanizes us. It makes things, it brings it back to the compassion piece. So being aware of other people's stories is one thing I wanted to share because I've challenged myself into having more conversations, even within my own very intimate circles. These people that I know really well, turns out I don't know them as well as I thought because we're just usually doing surface level. And sometimes we don't go super deep because we're afraid to. And, and then the other piece I wanted to share piggybacks on what Lisa was saying with, yes, be who you are, but be who you are outside of the home. What, which is, how do I phrase this in actual language? <laughs> be who you are outside of the home, the way that you are you inside of the home, right? So people sometimes put a mask on. We're not talking about COVID or anything right now, but they'll just, they'll put like this facade and they will, they'll just act like a different version of themselves when they're out. You know, there's the quiet on a Hita, there's the extravagant on a Hita, but most of the time you're getting the expressive. And so if there's something wrong that I'm not able to express myself, then I'll sometimes share it publicly just because I want to make sure that we're sharing those vulnerabilities as well. And and it's okay not to blend in. Like it truly is. I think it is so hard on ourselves and the pressure we put on the society to try to blend in and make that the norm. You know, there's makeup trends, there's fashion trends, there's what the latest experiment is on TikTok. I mean, that's great if it inspires you, but I just want people to feel like it's okay to be you and like run with it because there's only one person that has your voice. And yes, it's going to be nerve wracking sometimes, but the world just needs to see that version of it because I think it can make a bigger impact, like even on a micro level, like even if it just shifts one person's like mindset for the day or just you, honestly. Absolutely. And I oh, you went on mute, Shiva. Oh, sorry. Well, see, absolutely. There are so many um, opportunities where I think when we share and give someone the voice given in the context of having healed and understanding who you are, but then giving somebody that voice is it's healing on its own. I mean, multiple times growing up with, um, especially I would say like my late thirties when I started to really feel like I, I own this, I know what I'm doing here. And at least in the work of the con in the context of work, if someone would say, Hey, Shilpa, what's your thought? I'm like, they want to know my thoughts <laughs> because no one actually I mean growing up that wasn't really asked yeah I just have one last comment on the voice piece I was in an event and they were asking questions they asked one big question of the group it was a writing retreat and they asked one big question in the group and the facilitator stopped before people answered and the first thing she said oh my gosh I'll never forget it and here I am 47 years old literally happened like a couple weekends ago she said she said her question and then she stopped and she said I would like to hear from the women of color first oh I just got I never heard that in a meeting ever 
She said, I always give the women in women of color the first chance to answer my questions, to give their wow. voice. I was like, oh my gosh. I literally was like, yeah, that gave me goosebumps. Like, never... He's asking me to speak right now. Yeah. Was she of color? No, she, she was. Yes. She was indigenous. Wow. And, but I never heard that. I mean, from a woman of color or a white woman or anybody, I mean, yeah. she said like, basically like you can speak first, like come to the front of the bus basically. Right. That is a big statement oh. right there. You know, she's letting people know for hundreds of years, this particular class of people have not been given a voice you are going to so, so long as i'm in charge you will always be first to speak you know she was be, she was being very bold and it's a yeah it's a beautiful way to uh, be intentional actually i think that wow i'm going to adopt that i'm going to adopt that the 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 micro level version of what i've been doing with my work is um working with mom startup business owners on their brand story and I do have a scholarship that I offer pro bono of my services, but it's also community funded to help raise some money for her immediate overhead expenses. Let's be real, websites cost money, things like that. And with all the group coaching that I do, the very first thing I do with introductions is I'm candid and I say, we do have a scholarship recipient on the call. She is a BIPOC mom entrepreneur and that is the focus and the only criteria for the uh, scholarship so that they know this person's getting free services, but it's reserved for them. So I just, it's a level set. It's also transparency. And it's also a way to just kind of acknowledge that there's a seat in the front of the bus for that person. Yeah. Yeah. The seat at the front of the bus that, I mean, this, this conversation can go on for days because we have so many things that we um, share in common and uh, yeah you guys uh, do beautiful work you're beautiful people and we are so grateful that you agreed to be here with us absolutely i i i'm just um there's probably in my brain three or four topics that are already spinning around going i i want to have a conversation about this it's, and both of you resonate those experiences. And so again, going back to giving a voice and sharing the stories, it helps. And I would have said that 10 years ago, maybe even longer, if these stories were part of my ecosystem, it would have helped me become a more confident version of me. Yeah, so again, thank you so much for being with us, ladies. Thank, thank you, you. Thank, thank you so much. It would spend such a pleasure. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Amazing, amazing women doing amazing things. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. These episodes are intended to be of great value to you. And so we hope you truly receive something out of this one. And if you did, don't hesitate to spread the love. Leave us a review comment, share with one or two people who may resonate with the content, and please visit mindfulmompreneurmoments.com for some inspiring content. And continue to live with omnipresent awareness and compassionate mindfulness.